Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, here we are, week two. I'm so excited about today and what I believe uh, God has prepared for us. This is one of the, again, another one of those messages where I feel like Jesus just really worked on my heart. And I hope that we will hear this together and we'll, that Jesus will work on your heart through this so that together we as a church will hear his call during this season of prayer and fasting. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open them up, however you get your Bible, to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, we're just going to do a few verses there, uh, verses 15 through 17, but we want to just jump in, make sure that we're all on the same page. Some of you haven't been here, some of you, this is your first time with us. It's okay that you jumped in in the middle of a series. We are spending 21 days, we started last Sunday, so we're seven days in to praying and fasting in specific ways. Now, fasting is a little scary sometimes for some of us to think about it. It's not a diet. Um, This is something that we said we are temporarily laying aside something in order to grow closer to Jesus. And so the, the purpose of fasting is about opening up to Jesus. It's not about focusing on what we're giving up. It's about opening up to His presence in our lives. So we're also praying, and uh, on week one, last week, we looked at giving, asking God to give us a heart for your house. And we looked at that last week. It was a, an incredible time together. And we said that week one, a heart for your house is not just about physical church attendance. This is not a way to get the online folks back in the building. But this is about hungering for God's presence in our daily life. And we're going to lay something aside in order to be hungry, not for food or those kinds of things, but to be hungry for God's presence. And all this week, we've been praying about letting go in order to grow. And we've looked at a prayer every day, and we'll continue that this week. How can we let go in order to grow? But we're going to look at something different. This week, we're going to be focusing on asking God to fill God's house. Fill your house, Lord. That is going to be our prayer. And we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But let's pause and let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, come once again. You are the only one who can bring a word of challenge and rebuke with such gentleness and so full of mercy that our hearts can respond even though we might be offended at first. So I pray you would help us to hear your voice and use your teaching, your prophetic teaching once again to change us and cause us to pray that your house would be filled. For we pray these things in your name. Amen. Jesus always knew, I believe this, Jesus always knew that his Father's preference was to be present with people. 
Yes, the, the letter of the day is P. Jesus always knew that His Father's preference was to be present daily with and among people. I mean, He was, after all, uh, the incarnation. That's that fancy word. Jesus was the embodiment of Emmanuel. God, say it with me, with us. That was God's preference, has always been to be present among people. Jesus knew as He was walking towards the temple that day that it had always been that way. It has always been God's presence from the very beginning. If we were to go back and look at Genesis chapter 1 through 3, we would see that God created all that there is. And when God had created all that there is, He planted a garden. And there He put the people, the human beings. And the Bible tells us that God came and walked in the cool of the night with people because God's preference is always to be present among people. And even though those human beings chose their own priorities and lost and left God's presence in the garden, that did not change God's preference to be present with people. That preference just changed a little bit, and his preference had to become a purpose. And that purpose came to be that he wanted to redeem people and bring them back into his presence. That's pretty much what all of Exodus is about. That God began then to look and say, I want to get back to be, my preference is to be present among people, and I want that to happen. Now I've got the purpose to redeem a people so that this can begin to take place once again. And he was scouring the earth and he didn't look for the biggest family. In fact, he found two. Abraham, Abram, and Sarai, who were childless. But he wanted to be present among them. And he began to fill, uh, make promises to them that their, genera- their, their children would be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And as God began to do that, He began to see this story. And we find that the story took a a turn that we would think was unexpected when these tribes became slaves in Egypt. But God's purpose was to bring His preference back into being so that He could be present among people. And so He rescued them in dramatic fashion out of slavery in Egypt and began to wander with them. His presence in a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of smoke by day, began to lead and be with the people. At first, God's presence had to be mobile because they were going to be moving around a lot. And so there was a tabernacle or a tent where God's presence would be seen and experienced in the temple. Now, there was a problem. I mean, just because God's presence was traveling with people who weren't sure that their priorities were what were in line with God's preference. They were going to have to learn. They were going to have to be taught about how God and people live together. And so we need to take just a brief word to talk about sacrifices. Is that okay? Are you up for this today? Yes? Okay. You see, sacrifices 
It seems strange to us today, but for the people back then, and all of Leviticus and a lot of Numbers is about this, is the sacrifices were seen as something that cleansed people for God's presence. See, God's goodness, God's holiness, God's presence was very, very intense. It was very, very good, and it was so good that its intensity, God was worried, would consume people because of the way that sin impacted their lives. And so God set up this sacrificial system that would help to cleanse the people so that they could be near to Him without worry of being consumed. This is hard for us to get our mind around. I I really wrestled with this, and I, I think I've maybe come up with a metaphor that might help us understand how people would have understood this back then. And that is when people are cold. That's a good, a good thing to think about today as snow is falling, isn't it? When people are cold, what they need is the experience of warmth. And isn't it when you're cold just nice to gather around a nice bonfire, flames are going, and you can feel the warmth and the presence? Now imagine, though, if you had people who were freezing cold because they were out on a day like this, but someone had doused them in gasoline. You desperately want them to gain the warmth of the bonfire, but you know that something needs to take away the gasoline. Amen? Or they're going to experience that warmth in a way they don't want to. This is sacrificial system that Jesus, or that God instituted with the people. My presence is going to be here. It is intense. It is my preference. It's my longing. And there are things when you are not lining up with the preferences and and you're going by your own priorities that you lead into things that need to be cleansed before you move into my presence. I want you to be safe in my presence. I want you to be open in my presence. So let's do this as a way to keep safety And I can be what you need in your midst. Now, that went on for a while as they wandered in the desert. But when God gave them a land, the building of God's presence became more permanent. That's what we call the temple. That is where Jesus was walking on that day to deliver the message that he had been given. And that in the temple, the purpose of God's preference remained the same. To be present with, say it with me, people. Does that mean you? Yes. Does that mean me? Yes. We're going to dive into this and look at this. So Jesus marches in knowing that the purpose of that building has not changed. That God's preference is to be present among people. And so He marches up and the first thing He would have come to were the outer courts of the temple. And those courts were called the court of the Gentiles. Now Gentiles is a fancy way of saying non-Jews or a fancy way of saying outsiders. And He would have moved into this place This place was intentionally set up as God gave the design of the temple. It was a place for people to be near God's presence. For all people, Jew or non-Jew alike, could be in the court of the Gentiles and be near the presence of God. But this place had been overrun 
with the business of the temple. Buying and selling the sacrifices that were needed, changing money so that you weren't using Roman coins that had the image of Caesar on them, but pure coins that could be used with no image on them, could be used for the offering or for the sacrifice. And all of that had overtaken this place. And so the people's focus was not on God's purpose, which was to acknowledge and initiate His preference of being present among all people. So Jesus reminds them of God's presence and the temple's purpose in one short sermon and one dramatic action. And we find that in our passage in Mark 11, verses 15 through 17. I'm going to read this today, and because it is the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask all of you who are able to stand in honor of the reading of the Gospel. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as He taught them, He said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. This is the Word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God, and ouch, you may be seated. Jesus, for His sermon, for His teaching, mashes together two short texts from two different prophets. He takes Isaiah 56.7 and Jeremiah 7.11 from the sermon that we listened to last week from Jeremiah and reminds everyone from back then all the way to us today what was the purpose of the temple. And it's threefold, he says. It's presence, it's prayer, and it's people. Let's look at these very quickly as we go through. Isaiah 56-7, which Jesus is quoting at the first part of His sermon, after He has cleared out the court of the outsiders, the court of the Gentiles, the court where anyone could come and be near God's presence. He had cleared it out. He begins and uses Isaiah's message and says, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So the first thing he shows is that God's house is a house of God's presence. I mean, look at this. The emphasis here we can say on this first point is my house. Whose house? God's house. It's His house. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The presence begs the question, whose house is it? It's not the high priest's house. That is often or can be the focus because the high priest is the one who's in charge of making sure that all the worship service goes on just the way it should and that all the sacrifices are given just the way they should. And, and he's the one that makes decisions on how this goes and what happens within the community. But in this place, it is not his house. It is God's house. And while the king may have given a lot of the money, this was Herod's temple, they called it that, 
Because he had given a lot of the money. He had organized a lot of the labor. He had done a lot of the architectural work. But this is not the king's house. Jesus uses the words of Isaiah, who had gotten that word from God Himself, to say, this is my house, and my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now the pastoral concern, the question that I have, the question that I wrestled with, that that Jesus challenged me with this week is, do I, do we remember whose house this is? This is not Pastor Jeff's house. Someday, hopefully way in the future, I will no longer be your pastor. This will still be God's house. We may have sacrificed together over the decades and over the years to pay for this building to be upkept, for it to be built, but it is not our house because of that. This is still God's house. Built for His purposes so that that preference that He has to be present among people can happen and be one of the places where it can happen in Portage, Michigan. And thankfully for technology, it can go out into the world. I want, I want to make something very clear. This is not about dressing up. Putting on your Sunday best. I don't know if it was preached that way or I just heard it wrong, but that's what I got when I was a kid. Somehow it's God's house and I'd be in I better I better dress up, suit tie, suit and little clip on tie because I was a little kid. If you feel impressed for that, that's okay. But I want you to know that God's preference is to be present in your life, no matter what clothes you can afford, no matter what you're wearing, no matter how good you feel. God's preference is to be present in your life. And this is one place that we set aside to go in to remind us that we can gather in the God who prefers to be present in our very daily, real lives. And that should be good news for us. And Jesus reminds the people as He continues clearing out the court of the Gentiles, the court of the outsiders. This is about God's desire for you to experience His real presence today. Number two, Isaiah's message tells us that it's not just my house, but my house is to be called a house of what? Say it with me. Prayer for all nations. Now I want you to know this right off the bat, because we hear the word prayer and we think, oh, that's for pious people. And they're really good at it and they can say all the flowery words and they understand the theological concepts and they can, they can spew out all of that, those good poetic verses towards God in prayer and it sounds very holy and pious. But prayer is not about piety. Sometimes we think prayer is just about asking God for things. Petitioning God. Oh God, do this. Heal them. Help me. Give me a job. Do this. But I want you to know when when Jesus says, My house shall be called a house of prayer, 
He's not talking about piety or petitions. Prayer is about being in God's presence. That's what prayer is all about. I mean, think about this. Prayer is a conversation with someone you are present with. When you're sitting with someone you love and you're enjoying a good conversation, good things happen. You sense their presence. They sense yours. And does that bring about change? Well, sure. It doesn't mean we can't talk to God when we are in God's presence. It doesn't mean we can't talk to God about what we need. You do that when you have a conversation with someone you're present with. It doesn't mean that that prayer doesn't make us better. As we're in God's presence, there's something that changes in us and through us. That's why we're called to do this. But the primary goal of prayer is to be in God's presence. And some of the most powerful moments of prayer in my life have been when I have sat alone and been quiet and simply said, God, I just want to be here with you right now. Watching the sunset over Lake Michigan, which I'd love to do right about now. Prayer is about being in God's presence and holding a conversation with the one whose preference is to be present in your life. Pastoral concern. Are we, am I, are we a house of prayer where we realize that God is present here And we can come in and we can be in His presence. And there the conversation takes all manner of forms. I mean, I worry sometimes that the ritual of the worship service has replaced the real experience of God's presence. I mean, prayer is okay. Prayer can be sung. That's that's why we include singing. Those poetic songs can be prayers in the conversation as long as we're in God's presence. Prayer can be the reading of Scripture. There's, There's a whole book of the Psalms which are the prayers of God's people. Prayer can, believe it or not, even be preaching. There's a conversation going on. But the priority, the purpose is to draw us, to draw you, to draw me into the presence of God. And if God's presence is not here, then we're simply singing for ourselves. I'm preaching for my own ego. The purpose is to be present with the God who longs to be present with us and to pray, to hold that conversation. Do do you need Jesus to overturn some tables in your life right now in order to get our attention, to let us and remind us that the purpose of being together, of praying to fill your house, God, is that we would experience His presence and learn to hold conversation with this God who wants to be present with us. Lastly, it's not only a house filled with His presence and filled with prayer, but it is a house full of people. I mean, look at the end of this. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. How many nations? All nations. 
all nations. It's interesting that word for nations is the Greek word ethnesin. Let's say that together, shall we? One, two, three. Ethnesin. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Ethnesin. And one last time, just because we always do things in three. Ready? One, two, three. Ethnesin. And ethnesin sounds like what? Ethnicities. God said, this is my house. This is where my presence is. And I long for it to be filled with people who are conversing with me in my presence. And I long for that to be all nations, all ethnicities, red, yellow, black, white, brown, and whatever colors they may be. I want them here in my presence, learning to pray, learning to experience my preference to be present in their very lives. The purpose of the temple. All types of people praying in God's presence. That's a good phrase to remember. The purpose of the temple. All types of people praying in God's presence. What this says to me, or what this said to me, is that I don't, that we don't get to choose who we'd like to be in God's presence with. Because God's preference is for all. For all nations. And that's a hard one. Because we have our preferences of who we'd like to be around. But Jesus is reminding that God says, I I have created a place for all nations. This is where there's such drama around Jesus clearing out this space in the outer courts. I've heard so many sermons preached on, oh, it was because they were changing money and God doesn't want business happening on Saturday in the temple. Or, you know, they were doing sacrifice and God was just trying to... No, Jesus was trying to clear out the space because they had allowed all of it to invade the very place where God had set apart for anyone to come and be near His presence. And I love this. I love where God placed the court of the Gentiles, the court of the outsiders. It's all the way around the temple. It's the very first thing, the very first court you walk into when you walk into the temple grounds. We always think it's about priority. Oh, we're on the outside. But I love this. Think about this for a second. God placed the court of the Gentiles right out first as you're walking in so that every time you walk in, you cannot get to worship without seeing God's welcome of outsiders. You have to walk right past that non-Jew or that person from that nation or that person who are longing to be in His presence. You are confronted. Before you can feel high and mighty that you get to go in a little bit closer, you have to rub shoulders with everyone that God welcomes. And it is to be a reminder that His preference is for all people to be in His presence holding the conversation of prayer. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But it made them uncomfortable. 
So they filled it, filled that space with the business of worship and sacrifice. They filled it with the program so that there was little space and, and you could just slip right by and get to changing your money. Slip right by and, and get to, to getting your sacrifices so you could get on to where you were going. And Jesus won't allow that to take place. Jesus comes in and clears out all the program in order to restore a place for all people. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not Jewish. Jesus clears a space for those like us. For those like me. And the good news is that later on, Paul will say because Jesus gave His life and was resurrected from the dead, the dividing line between insider and outsider was torn down. And we can enter in. But for now, let's look at this space. Because my pastoral concern for myself and for us as a church is, do we see people? Or are we rushing right by to get to the program? Did you know that you spend all week in the court of the outsiders, in your jobs, some of you in your homes, in your places of employment, in your schools, There are people who God longs for them to know that He wants to be in their presence. That He longs for them to converse with Him in His presence. You and I walk every day of our lives into the court of the outsiders. Do you see the people there? Because God wants them to know that they are wanted. And God wants you to invite them, not ignore them. That was hard for me to hear. How about you? So this week, our prayer is, God, fill your house. Fill your house. First of all, we need you to fill your house with your presence. That's the priority. That is the purpose. We need your presence to be here. We want to walk in and experience that you are here among us. And then, as we experience your presence, teach us to pray. Teach us to converse with you as we sense that experience together. And then, fill this place. Fill Cross Community Church. Fill our lives with all kinds of people. And so folks, I know we're, we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. But our goal is that we are praying all this week, Lord, fill your house. So that by the time we get to Easter, April 9th, 2023, we want to see this house filled. As God continues to pour out His presence as we open our hearts to Jesus. And lay aside something that may be getting in the way so that we can grow closer to Jesus. And then that we are praying that we are conversing with God in whose presence we are in. And praying that He would use someone like me, someone like us, to bring someone else into His presence. So that all sorts of people can be here. Because that's our purpose now too. You know, Peter would write in his letter, Now you all are the stones being built into the spiritual household. You are the temple now. And we are called for the purpose of God's preference. To be in His presence 
praying with all kinds of people. Now, online campus, I think of you. When I'm preparing, I think of you guys too. Again, this is not about just getting people in this building. But it's about fill your house wherever it may be. And if you're a part of our online campus, I'm challenging you. I think that this passage challenges you as well. Will you open up your home to become God's house? Are you going to pray that God would sense? If you watch every week, is there a way for you to invite a few more people into your living room? Are there some empty seats right around there? Bring them in. That can become a place where God's presence is prayed through for and fills with people. Are you ready to do that too? Wherever you watch from can become God's place. Now Jesus closes his message with a challenge. It's Jeremiah 7:11. But you have made my house into a den of robbers. Literally though it means you have manufactured a layer of rebels. He knew what was being talked about, about how we can get rid of these, these people we don't like, these Romans that are oppressing us. We can get rid of them if we can just do this. And they had all kinds of schemes and plans for their own priorities and their own purposes. And Jesus just calls them out. You're manufacturing something. Are you going to lay those aside in order to get back to what God's priorities are? Because folks, rebels, whether from the ancient Garden of Eden all the way up to today, rebels are those who think their preferences are more important than God's purposes. Let that sink in. That was, that was a big weight for me this week. Where am I thinking that my preferences are more important, God, than your purposes? Your purpose to be present among us so that we can pray and see all kinds of people come to know you. Will we cling, folks, you and I, will we cling to our preferences, our petty grievances, our politics, and our priorities Or will we participate with God's preference, God's presence, our prayers, and all people? Sermon in a nutshell. You probably wish I could just jump right to this slide. There it is, folks. Take a picture of it. Will we, you can take out the we and put in I, will I participate with God's preferences, God's presence, our prayers, and all people? That's where we're praying towards this week. And when we say, Lord, fill your house, this is what we mean. Are you ready to pray? I pray that you are. Would you stand with me? And let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this message is challenging and hard. I know you pointed out some things in my life just this week. And I just have a feeling you're up to the same thing for some of my brothers and sisters here in this building and those who are online. So God, the good news is you have always wanted us to be able to approach you. 
so you became the sacrifice that cleanses us and moves us into your presence. You became the one who taught us how to pray, how to rest in your presence. You, you became the one who cleared out the space when, when it was filled with the program and created a space for all people, including me including my friends who are here gathered in this building and online. So we turn to you and, and we repent and we say, God, if there are any priorities that I have that are not yours, I lay them aside. If there are any petty grievances, I want to give those over to you. I want to lay aside at the door my politics and my preferences and enter into the presence of a God who longs to hear prayer and longs for all that to happen with all kinds of people. So we pray, Lord Jesus, as a church, make us a church where our purpose and our priorities are your preferences, your presence, our prayers, all kinds of people. Fill this place, God. Fill this place with your presence and let nothing stand in the way. May people enter the doors of this place and know that something is different because of who is here. Teach us to pray, to long for, to yearn, to ask for your presence in our daily lives. And open our eyes that we might see those who you long to invite, who you long to love through people like us. And may we bring them here to a space set aside for your preferences. Because this is your house. And we are your people. Help us, God. For we pray and we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And all God's people said, Amen. Would you receive this blessing? And now as you go, may the prayer of our hearts this week be fill your house. Realizing we're part of that house. Send your presence, God, to us. Teach us to pray. And teach us to invite people into your presence. That's why we're here, Cross Community. I pray you go and live that out through his strength and his power. I pray this thing, these things in the name of the Father who is for us. In the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in His strength and His peace. God bless you. Have a great week. If you've joined us online, thank you for being here. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.